This is an OSV Podcast Network production. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. The ethos of the Christian preacher must also be ecclesiastical, thoroughly. You see, because as a preacher, the gospel the preacher preaches is not his own. Rather, it's Christ's, and he gave it to the church for the church to proclaim. And so as a preacher, my job is to welcome you into the communion of the church, not the communion of me. This is OSV Talks, a show where we explore topics from prominent Catholic leaders to spark discussion, explore new or re-explore old approaches, and inspire creative thinking all from the heart of the church. My name is Doug Tuke, and I will be your host. Hey, everybody, welcome. I'm here with Father Joshua Whitfield, pastor of St. Rita Catholic Community in Dallas, former Episcopal priest and Catholic convert, married with five children, author of three books, and regular contributor to the Dallas Morning News. Father Josh, thanks so much for coming over. I appreciate it. Good to be here, brother. I have loved getting to know you. It's been fun, Um, I imagine that you get asked to tell your amazing journey story about conversion and family a lot. Uh, I promise not to drag it all out of you. I would just venture to say uh, I love the inspiration that you give off in the way that you carry yourself as a pretty incredible priest. And I'm sure it comes with a lot of stress and anxiety. <laughs> well, you're not around me 24-7, so, but I appreciate the uh, compliment. There's yeah. a lot to that. There's yeah, a lot yeah. to that. Um, St. Rita's is no small church either. So there's not a, a small church. lot of responsibilities yeah, there. Yeah, it's a big it's big, big community. I do love you, it though. It's great. Uh, do you feel like your wife really shares in that ministry with you? She does uh, uh, by being an amazingly strong and holy wife and mother to our kids. It's all integrated. It has to be integrated. It has to be. Otherwise it doesn't work. So, you know, we have two rectories. Uh, my parochial vicars are in one and then the family's in the of other. Yeah. And uh, she serves the community by keeping the home as much a home and holy and hilarious as possible. I mean, it's, it's what a gift. It is a gift. I mean, I get to come home and get tackled by kids and, and it's, you know, and then I do chores and yell at kids and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> we're, it's, it's, we're both dads. Yeah, you know, I know this world. <laughs> you totally know the game, which, which, which keeps me sane for, you know, what I got to do. And I know it's not the same thing. I, I mean, I come out of a background of lay ecclesial ministry, youth ministry specifically, but I know that as a younger married man, was hard because so I was passionate about what I did for a living. So, so mm. much of my heart was given to right. the young people of other families and sharing that with my wife and my own kids. I know that that's very real for you and that you try to share that as equally right, as possible, right. but that's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. deal. And also, you know, it takes time. I mean, my, my wife and I have been married almost 20 years. It'll be 19 years Good next week, actually. Good for you. You know, and, and so we didn't hit the ground running perfectly. It just, you know, you know how it is. It just takes time to Indeed. figure that rhythm out and, uh, where, where the lines are and where the help is needed and, and uh, a lot of trial and error to get to the happy place we're at today. Of yeah. course. Yeah. We celebrated 21 a couple of weeks ago and my wife and I would tell you it. So we're learning. We're, we've learned yeah. a lot. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like we're learning how to be married. Though. I would trade it for anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that uh, your heart uh, burns to improve preaching in the church. And you are among a friend here because I am, I am a, big fan of great speaking and preaching. And I yeah. think you, you do something in your OSV talk. You really define pathos and ethos as right, well right. as I have ever heard them defined. Right, right. 
What was the fire for you to address that in the American Catholic Church? Like, hey, wait a minute, we might have a problem here. Can we can we have a conversation about that? Well, as a convert, you know, to Catholicism, I I became a Catholic because it's the faith, it's the truth, you know. And and once you see the truth, uh, you're you're just resisting until you give in. And 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 I gave in, so I'm I'm bought in, I'm committed, I believe it, uh, top to bottom. And, And and so this truth really deserves to be proclaimed in, 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 a, in a powerful way. And, and I think, you know, without being judgmental or, or overly harsh, uh, the experience for many who, who go to Mass on a Sunday or day by day is not to hear the gospel proclaimed with any sort of power or passion. And, and, and that was not my experience growing up. I was mm-hmm. very blessed to be around great orators and great preachers. And, and, and I wouldn't be here without... The grace which came through the, the 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 medium of the human voice in in these great preachers who shaped me and and I think uh, renewal of the Catholic Church, um, you know, Pentecost, a great awakening, even to use a very Protestant term in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. The ingredients for such a thing, I, I think, are simple, and, and that is true, beautiful, reverent worship, and powerful and good preaching. Mm. Uh, no gimmick, no, no, no shtick. Uh, just, just get back to the basics with, uh, w- with authenticity. And, 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 and so I see the renewal of preaching in, in those terms. And, and I also see it as very possible. Mm. Uh, you, you don't have to be a great orator to, to, to be a good preacher. You just have to be real. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, uh, you know, as you know, in your line of work, uh, um, it, it's, that's not the easiest thing. It's not. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about this. Uh, our producer Justin and I were just talking about you. You can only do with what you have. You know, there, there, there's just limits. There, a lot. Every man that discerns the priesthood and is in seminary and is longing for this journey, mm-hmm. every they're all different. They're all different, and and you can't just m- make everyone into the perfect orator. There's just going to be limits there. But it feels like you've knocked on this door. Of wait a minute, can't we raise the bar though? Can't mm-hmm, can't mm-hmm. there be some instructional elements to great speaking and preaching right, right. that genuinely changes the hearts of the congregation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Four rows back, three seats in, this amount of time on Sunday given to the holy liturgy can inspire heart. I feel like you're speaking right, to that totally. super yeah. well. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it begins with understanding, you know, the significance of the moment, right, and, and its place in the liturgy. It's place in the evangelical moment of the listener, you know, uh, whether they're an aged saint who's been there for decades or, or, or some sort of seeker wandering in or someone who's bitter. You know, it, it's, a, it's a spiritual and evangelical moment within the moment of the liturgy, which is so precious and privileged. And, and, and the preacher has to understand his responsibility in that moment and mm. can't take it for granted. Mm. If, That's well said. If, if, if he takes it for granted, he, he needs to get someone else to preach because it's almost cruel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so understanding that moment and then and then understanding God's vocation, uh, the, God's call of the preacher to, to be the, the proclaimer of the gospel and to understand, as you said, that 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 God called this preacher, you know, he didn't he didn't call that orator, he called this preacher. Mm-hmm. And, and if you if you take a hear, listen to the great preachers or read the great preachers uh, of, say, the 20th century, you're going to come across very different people. Indeed. Uh, you have the great Dr. King, who is a magnificent orator. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that. Uh, but you also have great preachers like Fred Craddock, uh, great disciples of Christ, 
preacher is very influential in my life. Uh, you know, he, he, he had a squirrely little voice, little man from Oklahoma, but he could capture you with a Indeed. story and bring you close to Jesus in a way that, that to this day touches me when I, mm-hmm. when I hear it, you know? So, so one of my great heroes in preaching is this guy by the name of Phillips Brooks. He was, he was the Episcopal Bishop of Massachusetts. He, he, he wrote the, um, he wrote the hymn, A Little Town of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. This is like a little claim to fame. Oh my goodness. But he also wrote the best book on preaching I've ever read. Uh, Which like, was called uh, the joy of preaching. You the can joy get on of Amazon preaching. by That's the good. end of the day. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and so, but he 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 said this. He said he said, good preaching is the delivery of truth through personality. Oh, not the other way around. Exactly. <laughs> the delivery of personality through truth. Exactly. <laughs> not the delivery that. of truth through personality. So that means oh, you know good. I need to be me. You need to be you. Yes. And and and, and God uses the the unique person to to proclaim his truth and and that's a really beautiful thing and and to allow the 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 preacher to understand that uh to to feel comfortable in that in in that reality uh so that they don't have to pretend to be someone they're not yeah well and so i want to talk about that for a minute because that seems like that might actually be the the soil of where some of the pollutants is is come in Mm -hmm. and without being over dramatic is like so i'm so insecure about who i am that when i get in front of people to preach I'm lost in um, academic snobbery or totally. um, or um, uh, what would be like like pop culture shtickness, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I lose sight of the fact that number one, the gospel is enough. Number two, I am the person who was placed here, and number mm-hmm. three, my mm-hmm. responsibility is to the congregant, right. not to my own agenda. Right, like right. all those things just seem to pollute that soil, mm-hmm. um, and I just don't know what the solution is, man. I just don't know, you know, because I think it. I we know the data. We know the data about young adults running away from the church and bad music, bad mm-hmm, preaching. Mm-hmm. That's that's the data. There's nothing new about that. But man, both of those seem so fixable. It just they do seems seem like fixable. things that are like so easy to fix. Yeah, there might be a devilish aspect to that mystery of iniquity, <laughs> I, but I don't want to go there. But uh, but but you're absolutely right. And 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 I I as a preacher myself have felt it and sometimes still do feel it. Uh, the, the the comfort of keeping that distance between you and the congregation, the, the, the distance between priest and people. We, we, we put walls up uh, around us, uh, you, you, and sometimes the people want that, mm-hmm. right? The people mm-hmm. don't want to get so close to the priest either, and, True. and, and, and they, they, they keep their distance by um, sometimes being overly reverential and overly pious, and, and we don't want to get close because we're sinners dealing with our own stuff too, and and, and, and we're struggling, but still we're called to preach. And, and for all these reasons, uh, we, we stand in front of God's people and we're afraid. And, and, and so what do we do? Hmm. Uh, I, I start parsing Greek verbs, uh, yeah. you know, conjugating Greek, Greek verbs for you to yeah. show you how smart I am, yeah. uh, which, which <laughs> is a, a failure in <laughs> preaching, right? And, and I say that as one who's done that. Yeah. I, I've totally done that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I, I think... Just to 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 be honest about the depth and the breadth of the of the problem uh, doesn't doesn't mean that it's not um, uh, you know redeemable renewable. Yeah, I feel the same way. You articulate yeah. that extremely well. I mean, I definitely have a. I I just I just love you can you know when you're in the room and someone is presenting, speaking, preaching, and it's great. And mm-hmm. 
I think when you're around it a lot and you just go, my goodness gracious, that person, that man or woman has a mastery of language right. and drew me in by tone and body language, all the thing, all the nonverbals. And then I also, the opposite is true as well. I kind of go, oh my gosh, that person has is insecure right, right. about themselves that they're literally regurgitating someone else's ideas and it's not an authentic representation of the gospel. Gosh. It's a challenge. It's a beatdown. Even when it's they even when they say true things, right? So I remember listening to a preacher a long time ago, and I won't name the preacher, obviously, but you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "Dear Jesus, it's it's as if it's as if we're listening to a recording of a Vatican II document. You know, he's just pushing play, and in, and in, and in six or seven minutes, he's going to push stop. And, yeah. And and that's that's and I felt bad for the guy because because yeah. clearly he didn't want to be preaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it, and it telegraphs. Uh, to 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 the listener that this is not important. This is not something you need to engage with. Yeah, it's a lesser. I'm, it's a yeah. lesser part of the liturgy. Yeah, that which is, part's hard. Which is yeah one of the most anti-Catholic sentiments. I think it is. You can come across. It yeah. is like to dismiss music or yeah. to di- you know, and the value of right. that and the compliment of what it means with the word right, right, body, right. like why those things are. Wow, I just think that's incredible. I think parishes need to spend a lot of resources on in music and liturgy and clergy well-being and preaching and and the the results of that will be significant and, and visible in relatively short order i think it's naive to critique what we're talking about and to mm-hmm. resort to, to resort to a, the mindset of well that's just vanity mm-hmm. so great music is vanity or oh letting father you know really go after great preaching or getting even some preaching some speech coaching that's just excuse me that's just vanity that is a horrible mistake. Oh, and, and, and you've articulated this well, not only in your book, but in person is just you're talking about the primary way that the Lord creator gave us to promulgate the gospel. This mm-hmm. is it. The primary way is to proclaim. How has that not been a focal point for continued formation and affirmation mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our clergy and lay ecclesial ministries that are in positions to deliver messaging. It sort of surprises me. It does surprise me. And I, you know, I, I think, um, well, one, I think, I think that sort of view of, you know, that this is vanity or this is a waste of resources, you know, to spend so much money on, on preaching on good liturgy on, on these vestments. Um, you know, it's a false humility, right? And, and, and it, and it's that, cause that's a, um, a frugality we don't apply elsewhere, mm-hmm. and if we did, I would maybe take it a bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the Lord God Almighty here. We're talking yeah. about the praise of of God Himself, uh, which is the center of everything. Uh, we're talking about the proclamation of the gospel, which is the one thing uh, that, you, that that comes through your ears that has a chance of saving you. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and so, therefore, you know, everything should be geared toward the execution of that. Uh, um, in in, in in a right and just way, yes. You know, to quote the Sirson Court, and and, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure there's all sorts of distractions and things that that you know creep in to the formation of clergy and and also lay ministers that 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 you know just moves in inventory mm-hmm. or that prepares the priest to enter a wilderness. Uh, understaffed. Yeah. Right. You know, so, I mean, St. Rita's is a huge parish. 
we've got a school of 800 kids. You know, I, we, we've got over a hundred employees. There's over a thousand people wow. in my parish day it's in and day church. out. It's a big church. That's right? moving. Yeah. And, and so if I'm not careful, you know, I can go full on CEO mode Yeah. and, and I can do that. I do that well, but, but, but boy, if you're not careful, that can kill you as a priest. And, 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 and so I say that to say, we can't train our priests just to be CEOs of huge parishes. Correct. We have to train them to be priests. Yeah. And, and um, both and yeah, both right, right, and right. yeah. And and, and and you know, like we could go on a long tangent there about you know training priests also how to cooperate and collaborate with lay people. Yeah. I mean, because that sometimes is a difficult. as a lay person, I can say that you're correct. We could <laughs> yeah, go on that right. tangent. <laughs> right. Well, as I say about Saint Rita, you know, if if you're not successful at Saint Rita you know, you're an idiot because you don't, you, you don't, you don't know how to deal with some of the smartest people you've ever met in your life, oh, you know, great. and, and I've, had, I've had conversations with that with young clergy. I, 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 this one young preacher who preached and, and what I felt was just a condescending, t- it was, and it was a condescending tone to, yeah. to the congregation. I pulled them aside afterwards. I said, I said, brother, good homily. However, you, you got to understand that, that you're in a room surrounded by people who are a lot smarter than you. Yep. Who will always be a lot smarter than you. Spoonful of humility right there. And, and who run this city. You can't talk to him that way. Yeah. And, and, and so. Well, well you know, said on your part. It, 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 you know, it, we just got to learn that, right? Because, well, healthy rebuke is something we could learn as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> splinter, plank, plank, right, splinter. Totally, right? I mean, yeah. like that, that's something yeah. that's part of the church as well. I do think your writing, I think that your witness has led a, I, I just think it's stimulating a good conversation. I think the conversation makes people uncomfortable too. Like yeah, I'm, right. I'm not afraid of the uncomfortableness of that. I guess I just feel like there's help. There's people that can help you navigate this piece. And like we said earlier, if we know that this is one of the primary elements that drives a heart away from the faith, mm. why on earth would we not address it? If our response is get over it, this is just how it is. That's not good evangelism. Uh, and yeah. I think you've said that really well. Oh, right, right. I just I feel like you're like, wait a minute. No, we can, we can do this better. Like, it's a disregard just... of souls if you take that tack. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's gross. And I, I am hopeful, you know, amongst at least my brothers in my diocese, you know, I think you are seeing more and more an awareness of that amongst the clergy and of a desire to, to, to improve uh, evangelically in their preaching. Uh, it, 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 the, if a clergy person a deacon or a bishop or a priest doesn't want to improve they're not going to improve and yeah and you're not going to win that argument you're not going to win that yeah, argument and god yeah. bless them but but i think there are more and more people who who uh, amongst the ranks of the clergy who who see that and, uh, and are taking steps and that's a positive thing i think you're i think you're spot on yeah. father it's been a pleasure to meet you i am Anytime, uh, man just showering your family with prayers yeah and your no, good work uh, you have a lot yeah. i know i know enough from my experience in parish life to know the world you're navigating. Yeah. And I know that it's a lot. Yeah. And I am so thankful for your yes. Yeah. Cheers. To Thanks. come and Fun. speak. We get to throw your face all over the TV and we'll share, share with everybody. You got to come to Dallas next time. Oh, I know. Right. We'll make it happen. All right. All right. Thanks for coming out, Father. We appreciate it. Yep. Take care. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. OSV brings you these talks from prominent Catholic leaders to get the church talking. You can enjoy all OSV Talks at osvtalks.com. Please rate and review our show wherever you like to listen. Until next time, God bless.